You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to another episode of the How I Quit Alcohol podcast. For first-time listeners, please be aware that not all of the conversations within this podcast are suitable for children. I'd also like to add a trigger warning that sometimes the conversations can get a little heavy. We may talk about things like sexual abuse, domestic violence, drug use and alcohol use. And if you feel that that may trigger you, please do not tune in. Also, I'd like to add, if you are a heavy daily drinker, please seek the help of a medical practitioner before quitting alcohol. This podcast comes to you from beautiful Bunjalung country. Please kick back and enjoy. Grab yourself your favorite alcohol-free bevy. And if you haven't already, do a gal a favor. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time. G&T without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind, head to mondaydistillery.com for more. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the studio, I'm welcoming back the amazing, the brilliant, the (laughs) wonderful... (laughs) Basic. Uh, Basic? I'm a little bit basic, yeah. A little bit basic. That's not very nice way to speak about yourself, Mark Purser. But I'm I'm wonderful in my basicness. Well, basic is good. Basic is... is Simple. I'm a simple man. Simple man doing extraordinary things. Yeah, exactly. And um, teaching people some extraordinary things. So welcome back. Thank you so much. It's really nice. You didn't mention my name. I did. I said Mark Purser. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm Mark Purser, everybody, just in case you didn't catch it. For the third time. For the third time. Perhaps explain some of our familiarity. Oh, and also I've been doing your amazing course, which yes. has been next level fucking life-changing stuff already. Like, It's um, good. 
I think we have mentioned it once before a couple of times on the podcast, this meditation and breathwork mm. teacher training. And so I've just done level one. I'm into level two. It's just been so amazing. Like even if you weren't, like I know some of the students in there aren't going on to become teachers, meditation mm. teachers, but just to deepen your own practice, it's been really incredible. And my God, do you know some shit? Mm, I'm a simple guy who knows a lot of random information, <laughs> you know, about specific things. Uh, actually, no, I know a lot of random information about a lot of random things, but <laughs> as I heard once, uh, you should become an expert in something. And mm. so in my life, I've done my best and I and look, there are people who know a lot more than me, but I have thrown myself over the last 15 years or so of my life. Uh, I mean, really, I've been studying yoga for the last probably 25, actually, mm. uh, but particularly diving deeper into breathwork and meditation and yoga nidra for the last 15. And yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to know. And look, at the end of the day, you know, that I love to hear from you and, and other students to see that, that light go on. You know, I think mm. probably, I mean, yes, you, you're obviously enamored with the amazing information, which is really cool. We start looking mm. at neuro, neurophysiology and biochemistry and yogic psychology. It's fascinating stuff. But what I think is the most wonderful thing is that when we do the practices is you're sort of no doubt having a wonderful experience of you have this incredible experience of stillness oh. and, and through that stillness comes abiding joy just relief from the, the cacophony of our of our mind chatter even just for a few moments is like wow okay yeah, yeah that that incredible and once you start to learn that you you learn those skills so you have that capacity to do that mm. for yourself it's like ooh. Uh, it become that's a superpower as far as I'm concerned. That's the sort of mm. stuff mm. that can literally change your life. It's been so amazing. And I've got a fairly strong meditation practice anyway, but then to go even deeper, but even like your knowledge of all that, the sort of yoga, the stuff that was, I was probably resistant to, you know, even mm. just all the terminology and I was like, oh, this is going to be a wank fest, but it's not <laughs> at all. Like <laughs> it's been really amazing. And like you say, even learning certain terms, hmm. you know, uh, like one word can mean so many things. Mm. And the other day when you took us down to the beach and you took us through this meditation down there, which was insane. Like it was just so beautiful. And at one point I thought I'd become the grass. And I'm like, mm. I don't even, you know, you don't need psychedelics. You just you need to go and meditate yeah. with Mark Purser down right. at... Um... <laughs> you don't even need me to be there, actually. That's, uh, that's a, I'm probably just a distraction. Just get down to the beach. I mean, I think what mm. what, what is useful, though, so you, you don't need me, but I think what is useful is, is having technique. And that's mm. one thing that I'm, I'm big on, you know. And, and mm. I'm, I'm one thing that I've been really fortunate to have been gifted so I'm teaching out of a lineage. Nothing that I have taught you, I've made up. Mm. So I've been really fortunate to, and look, just fought good fortune. I went looking, and I was, you know, a discerning customer. I was, mm -hmm. I was looking for quality, and mm -hmm. uh, I found essentially the the root of of meditation coming out of the yoga tradition, uh, and. When you talk about language, a lot of it is wrapped up in Sanskrit. So I, I, I do my best to make it relatable. Yes, and that's I, what you're really good at. I do love the Sanskrit and I love the history. And I love the lineage and I think that's really important to honour that. But mm. that don't not to get lost in that because what's yeah. important is that it's useful for, for you. You know, mm -hmm. Danny Carr, mother of two, husband of one, just one. Uh, 
Wife of. What, what, what wife of? Although Ash might argue <laughs> that. <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> Danny Carr, wife of Ash and friend of many, no doubt. Mm-hmm. My partner's in love with you. She thinks oh, it, she, I'm she, in love she, with her. She's just like, oh. She's been listening to the podcast. And, and my partner mm. has just one of those people who's just never really drunk, you know, mm. just not even on her radar. And it's just like, she's, I've just been, isn't it Danny again? She's like, oh, she's wonderful. She's <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Oh, that's uh, it's funny. great. It's great. I'd be really interested to hear mm. actually from people who are listening to this podcast who probably maybe don't, you know, really relate to, to the alcohol stories, but are just interested in the human psychology. Mm. I mean, that's what... I think alcohol and this this context that mm-hmm. you, you create can really bring out is mm. it's 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 a, an interface for human experience. Yeah, totally. And I think this what this today will be one of the soul talks that I've been doing, mm. where we talk about sort of soulful things and deep healing that's not so much related to alcohol. Even though you've got mm. your own big story with alcohol, which mm. we don't need to recover because we've covered that now sure. the first time yep. you came on. But you should go back and listen if you haven't. It's a doozy. <laughs> it was it was it was really good and what a huge story and it was great that you shared that some of that in class as well it was really good but anyway going back to that I think keeping things relatable is so important and like I said I've always had that resistance when yoga people start really getting into that. and I hope please Mark don't turn me into one of those people where mm. I'm like <laughs> see you shut up mm. I don't think he will but what's great is that you have such I like you, you just know it all so well and, but you, you are so relatable, but it makes you feel like you're also in good hands. Like you're, you've got a great teacher when someone's up there and they know their shit mm. and they you know, which is fantastic and it's just been great. So I'm really glad you're enjoying it. That's, yep. uh, and, and that means for me everything, you know, and, mm. and that, that you're finding a solid connection and that ultimately you, you will then carrying this information forward to other people and mm-hmm. sharing the practices and, and just teaching people how to find stillness for themselves, you know, passing on the technique, passing, connecting to the wisdom. As I often, as I'm sure I've shared with you and I share with many people, uh, if you learn a couple of simple techniques, you know, breath work is a great introduction that you can just show people like that sip, sip, sigh breath, super mm-hmm. easy. Anyone can do it at any time. You can show somebody how to do it mm-hmm. really quickly and what you're doing, you know, you don't need a qualification to be able to share that stuff. All you need is having an experience of it yourself, a mm. basic understanding of the technique, and then you can take that and share that with somebody else. And mm. so you can teach people who can then teach somebody else. And mm. it's past the parcel, you know, sh- um, mm. share the message because we need it. You know, as humanity really needs the sip, sip, side breath right now. Yeah. We're, we're, we're stressed as all fuck and, and we many aspects of society and parts of the world there's certain individuals who you know fortunately the the the, the crazy ones seem to be attracted to power <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> go figure mm-hmm. and so they get themselves into these situations that they don't have the capacity to handle mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so. and there's so much and i'll talk about this you know a lot obviously but just in in having a really a deeper practice, a mindfulness practice or a meditation practice or a breathwork practice mm. or a yoga practice. Something. Just keeps you so connected and mm. it keeps you more in tune with what's going on. And it's very important in the recovery pro- process, mm. but I think it's also important just in life. Mm. We're so disconnected. When you do have those moments of stillness, you start to realize when you're not very still and when you mm. are getting really busy in the mind. Before I go on to that, you know, talking about yoga jargon, this is mm. really interesting. 
Someone in my grad's group, she's been about two years sober and she's, mm-hmm. she's signed up to do yoga. Yep. Anyway, and she said, gone to this place, but the yoga teachers, when they're doing the yoga class, are putting on accents and it's really shitting her. And she said that they're putting on this sort of uh, spiritual accent, which I'd love to get her to give me an example oh, okay. of. Yes. And it's really annoying her. That's hysterical. Everyone sort of came in and gave a different response. So I cannot wait to hear what yours is. So here she says, um, so I've joined a yoga studio connect to connect into my stillness more. And it's a lovely space, but there are a couple of things that really bug me. The owners speak in this weird accented spiritual way that is not their natural speaking voice in my opinion, but something, something cultivated to be more Zen. Um, and then secondly, the male owner appears to practice a level of weaponized incompetence <laughs> for practical things he should be looking after, but always has some reason why he doesn't do them properly with the inference that he's too involved in the practice to deal with life admin. Due to my thinking about these two things, I find myself really irritated and not wanting to go to class anymore. So what do you... Can you talk to that? Well, the first thing I really want to do is is to share the spiritualized yoga voice because I, I think I'm quite good at it. Go. Now, everybody, coming to stillness, placing your hands comfortably upon your lap, letting go of tension in the body and the face. Take a big, deep breath in. Don't laugh. Big, deep breath in. Keep breathing. Ah. <sighs> How's that? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask her what this. What I, I, this? I feel like I know what. I feel like I know the voice. I'm not quite sure what country she's in, but I mean, she's I go, in I, Australia. Okay, so it's Australian. Mm-hmm. Look, it is a thing. I mean, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to. Yeah, there's a lot of weird yoga out there. There's a lot of what we're studying at the moment is is yoga. It's classical yoga. Unfortunately, what you do get in the West is a lot of really poorly trained yoga teachers who haven't quite connected with the reality that yoga was actually a meditation tradition. So there's a lot of woo-woo. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't want to diss on other yoga schools and, and, and but there's a lot of it and, and I get it. You know, I get, I get that that can be really annoying. Um, I'm, I'm very selective about where I go mm-hmm. for, for yoga classes and most of the time I practice on my own. Uh, but that said, there's a lot of great yoga out there too. You know, find mm. find a new. If it's really that annoying, find a new, new yoga school. I don't know where you live, but there's you, most places. There's there's choices. Shop around. But when you're new to yoga, go. It's really beneficial to go and sit sit with some different teachers, get some different experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a living, fortunately, in an age where there's a lot of choice. And the other thing I would point towards is this. That there's something that you can do. Like there's a few things that you can do. One, one of which is to you know, make the choices to where you, the environment you go, but also just check your own reality there about the the attachment. What's one of the things we speak about in our course is our, mm-hmm. our attachment to our opinions, and that just trying to that is that is the learning process of of, of actually coming into that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone's annoying you for whatever reason. It's like it, there's it's often to do with us and to have. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel compassion for the poor yoga studio owner because I'm 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 the same a lot of the time. I'm hoping that people don't say that about me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see your mind going. Shit, fuck. <laughs> is, is, is she coming to our yoga studio? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh-huh. it, it's 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 one of those things of just the only thing you can actually change is yourself. Mm-hmm. And she's. You know, either you change your yoga studio or, or maybe just relax into that experience of 
I mean, this is where the joy comes and this Mm -hmm. is, it can be joyful once we start to see when we have a strong opinion about things. Mm -hmm. We were talking about this on the the weekend Mm -hmm. in uh, in our class that, with this particular meditation technique of antamona, which is essentially it's a mindfulness te- technique similar to Vipassana for anyone who's familiar with that technique. And where we examine our opinions and the ones that are really interesting is, are the ones that are charged. So if mm-hmm. I really don't like something or I really, really like something, I really want something, that's the sort of stuff that we can take into our meditation practice and explore. Mm-hmm. Why do I like that? Yeah. Why is it so interesting? To me? Why, re- why, why does that annoy me? But if we can do that from going into a meditative experience where we're relaxed and what we, one of the terms, these Sanskrit terms, which is, I think, really important for meditators to understand is this idea of vairagya, which is a gentle detachment. Mm. So we, we begin to look at our opinions around things but cultivate a gentle detachment to that. So mm. I really don't like that yoga teacher's voice. Just seeing that coming once in my experience and, what I would suggest is fairly common is if you meditate or just do something to relax yourself, you know, whether that's a breathwork practice, a yoga practice, and then coming into that, just having a look at that. And one of the things we talk about in meditation practice is to cultivate space between you, the seer, the witness, and the idea or the experience. So that mm. might be a sound or a sensation, a feeling of touch or, or an idea, you know, an idea. I don't like that, that person's voice and, and feeling that charge around that, that dislike. Mm. It's a really interesting one. It's a really it interesting, interesting one. one. Great, great one to play with, you know, take, and this is the stuff when you start to get into meditation, you can take that stuff and it becomes valuable. It's like, oh, actually, that's a really cool mm. thing I can play with. I can take that away come back to that in meditation practice if something sort of annoyed us. And when this becomes a process and with practice and over time that you just gradually unpack. So Mm. things, the world becomes less irritating. It does. And I think there's like, that is the point of yoga, isn't it? To Mm. kind of help still the fluctuations of the mind or calm them. And so I know there's two parts of me wants to say to her, and I did respond, I think in two ways, I said two very opposite things. So I was absolutely no help to her. (laughs) But one was like, well, I guess that is yoga, isn't it? To kind of be aware of the irritation and perhaps Mm. see if we can just be with that and, and detach from it enough to stay in the practice that's sort of yoga in, in action, I suppose. Mm. But then the other part of me was like, but yeah, fuck that. That would really annoy me too. Mm. <laughs> so both, both things get... are true. Like yeah. I'd say get a new yoga studio, mm-hmm. uh, but also take that away. You know, if that's happening at your next yoga studio and the one after that, then mm. maybe it's not the yoga studio that's the problem. Uh, but again, it's, just, I mean, I've, I've shot, you know, stopped going to yoga classes for all sorts of reasons mm. and uh, yeah, I mean, if someone annoys you, don't want to be in a yoga practice where uh, you're being annoyed. That's for sure. And you know, I'm I'm fairly judgy to be honest when I'm particularly going to a yoga class. So I sort of tend to. Well, I'm fortunate. I, I I work in a studio that's full of great yoga teachers. So I'm, yeah, you I'm, do. I, I've I've got a a good choice. Yeah. Uh, but I I do a lot of practice on my own, and I think that's actually where yoga is supposed to go to eventually for most people is that personal practice. So. You know, we can annoy ourselves. I think for me, that's kind of where the magic really happened 
when I, with my personal practices. I mean, classes are really important. Instruction is really important to have the guidance of a good teacher. But ultimately, having those skills, whether that's yoga asana, so you can you know learn how to do a physical practice on your own, but knowing the breathwork techniques and knowing the meditation techniques that you can take that away. And I, I mean, a mix is great. You know, I think I mm-hmm. still love to go to classes and I love to go on retreats and go and do cool things where we come together as a group as well. That's super fun as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. And I think it is so important, especially early on, to be able to connect with your teacher if you're really hating it. And I think too, if they're like, yeah, g'day, hey, go and give me your 20 bucks or whatever. And then they go in there and then they're putting on a thick Indian accent. Mm. <laughs> I think that's what she's getting at, that she's finding that annoying. Mm. And I, I've, I've got to say that would shoot me too. <laughs> yeah, probably shoot me too. You, and I you've got to, like... yeah, and you've got to... When I started yoga, it was with Lissy and Shane Turner, and they're mm-hmm. you know they're covered in t- they're my people. I love them. So now Lissy and Shane Turner have moved over the other side near Lismore. But um, I guess like anything, like with sitting through a craving or any discomfort, there has to be a point where we can learn to sit in the uncomfortable a little mm. bit, unless it's just shitting you to tears and it's stopping you from. Going. There's no explicit answer, like you said yeah. before. You gave two answers. They're both correct. You know, at the end of the day it's a personal decision with that sort of stuff. And we've all got our stuff right. I mean, this is where this is valid for a bigger conversation of mm-hmm. every person listening to this, you, me, everybody else, there's stuff that pisses us off. It's, the, the world is an irritating place. So the only thing that we can do to m- make the world livable ultimately is to, I mean, you can lower irritants. Like if there's, you know, if you're in a, an abusive relationship, you know, you're doing the things to, or living in a, an area that's that's a cacophony or you're going into a, an experience, you can choose not to go there. Mm-hmm. That's potentially in making the effort to make our lives simpler, uh, more sattvic mm. as we talk about mm. in yoga of just a, a more purified life so we're not getting caught up in all the woo-ha or the of stuff that can drive us mad. But also at a certain point, well, so at every point we can also work on ourselves and our capacity to respond to situations mm-hmm. and not react. Yep. Uh, and so yoga is twofold. You know, meditation is very much twofold in that we're, we're, we're thinking about the outside world and managing that, but we're also managing our inner world and mm. making sure that we're able to deal with things in a gentle way and, and to deal with life when it gets annoying yeah. We've also got to watch the tendency to look, you know, sometimes I'm not saying this is what she's doing, but within ourselves, watching that we're not looking for occasions to take offense to everything mm. that people are doing. Because you can see that when you're starting to get too self-righteous, when mm. you're starting to get all up in your own head and just looking for occasions to get offended. I know people that that's how they live their life. They're mm. just offended by every fucking thing, that, you know, and um, mm, it can get tiring. You can get really, it's exhausting. And, and look, at the end of the day, it's, it's not going to be good for us if, if we live like that. We might be right, mm-hmm. but it's still exhausting and, and it's actually going to create us stress. And particularly if there's a, a history of alcohol or, or, or drug use, that the tendency in those situations is to, is to use and, and to, to drink and to, we're irritated all the time. We, mm. we, we need something to, to bring us out of that experience uh, because it's not comfortable. Right. So yeah. we, we need to manage that uncomfortability. And if you're a drinker, then you're going to drink. So it's super important for anyone who's dealing with, uh, you know, alcohol recovery from, from alcohol use that you 
need to make sure like you're, I often say for some people, yoga and meditation seems to be optional. For me, it's compulsory mm-hmm. because I need to manage my nervous system better than most people. And I need to be mm. super onto it, like preventative maintenance. You know, I'm not waiting mm. till I get a toothache before I go to the dentist. I'm not waiting till I have an anxiety attack before I do my meditation practice. Amazing. Mind blown over here. That's so true. Mm. Yes, it's preventative maintenance when you're doing the practice. It's, when you're doing the practice. Yes. Yeah. You're buying yourself it's you're buying yourself time. You're buying yourself time so you can go into this situation. Maybe she needs to do meditation before she goes to yoga. <laughs> go do do some yoga before you go to yoga. Yeah. <laughs> the pre yoga yoga. <laughs> to deal with the irritant of the yoga teacher. <laughs> That's so true, you know. And that irritant, you know, the feeling irritated by people is definitely something that maybe not in this instance because that would be irritating, but when you are finding yourself irritated all the time, mm. because sometimes that can be an excuse to, well, they're pissing me off, they're pissing me off, you know, it's all them, 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 them. I'm going to go reach for a drink to kind of soothe that, mm. you know, or, or you know, for whatever reason that we're finding ourselves irritated. But I, I, I think you're so spot on too in saying that having a good practice is great maintenance so that we're not getting to that point of irritation. Mm before creating yeah. space yeah of, of all of the outcomes and i've been doing this stuff for a while of you know i know some really cool tricks you know as far as amazing kundalini yoga techniques and all sorts of whiz bang stuff to illuminate chakras and and you know i could dazzle you with mm-hmm. lots of different terminology but really the the ultimate practice is just that capacity to bring yourself back to stillness and to yeah. bring, to do that, make that, because when your life gets busy, and I think that's, to some degree, that's the point of life is that we are supposed to be doing things, not in not a crazy manic, mm-hmm. I'm too busy way, but human beings are designed for action. So we're mm-hmm. supposed to be, and sometimes if you've been in a, an experience of addiction, life actually can get very small and very slow and that not a lot of stuff happens. And when it yeah. does happen, it's fairly chaotic. And many people who are stuck in addiction aren't living out their life dreams. You know, that's, I think, one of the things that draws people towards sobriety is that they they feel this calling of, I need to fulfill myself and, and it's not happening. So I, I need to do something drastic. I need to change something. And so alcohol goes and then life should start to happen. But, mm. you know, that's only going to work if, if we manage ourselves really well and support ourselves during the recovery phase but as life starts to get busier which you know might be new relationships new jobs exciting new adventures we need to increase our capacity for stillness so i've got a busy life you know i've got busy family uh, i've got a couple of businesses that i'm involved in doing a lot of teaching uh, and I have a lot of fun. I do a lot of traveling. I've got a lot of friends. and But that is all contingent on me making an absolute commitment. My most, The most important thing in, the, in my life is my meditation practice. And, and probably at the center of that is my yoga nidra practice. So I do lots of different things. I do seated meditation, lots of breath work, lots of yoga asana. You know, I'm quite physical. I do a lot of surfing, so I really need to look after myself physically. I go to the gym, I've been seeing a personal trainer, I'm, I'm pretty fit. and But the thing that's most important, it's often sort of joke about people, my, my to, to people, my yoga practice, it's an afternoon nap. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> that in the course. I was like, that's brilliant. Yes. It just yeah. and, and what a gift to yourself. And it's hard to do. It's easy. I was like, oh, love taking an afternoon nap. Well, do you? Mm. But I mean, I'm because it's hard to stop stop the world. Yeah. And to go, you know what? For the next half an hour, I'm out. I'm yeah. I'm lying down, and I'm going to do, and not just actually fall asleep in zoos. When we talk, when I'm talking about an afternoon nap, I'm actually talking about yoga nidra. So I'm actually a, I'm not going to sleep, mm-hmm. uh, and b, there is a, a fairly conscious and uh, systematic technique that I'm using. It's a meditation practice for anyone who's not familiar, but it does involve lying down. It does involve closing my eyes, and the result is uh, an incredible rest and a, and, a, and a total reset for my world and coming back into stillness. So then I can get back and, and get busy, but doing it in an, in a way that isn't angst, angsty and, and isn't mm. irritable and isn't resentful. Mm. It's unbelievable, just the reset that happens. And I really do believe that that's when the deep healing can start too, mm. when we're, we are starting to bring in stillness into our day and that helps that connection to ourselves. And when you talk about Yoga Nidra, which we're going to record you doing a Yoga Nidra, which will then be available on this podcast channel as well, and you also on Insight Timer. For people that aren't familiar, we'll do an explanation of that. Mm. But really it's a way of, like you say, completely resetting the nervous system. But there's so many other benefits to it as well. But I've found, because I've always loved Yoga Nidra and it's almost like, oh, yeah, Yoga Nidra. I love doing Yoga Nidra. And I'll do it occasionally. Or if I'll go to a class that's doing Yoga Nidra, yeah, I'll I'll do Yoga Nidra because it's so nice. Or if you're on a retreat or something like that. But because we've been doing it in class and that's what you're teaching us at the moment, you know, I'm doing it every day, sometimes mm-hmm. twice a day. And now Ash is doing it as well. And it's just blowing his mind as well. It's just like, it is so amazing. Mm. And it's like having four hours of sleep, I think you said. Three is is sort of the, uh, I mean, if you do it for longer, it could be four. But yeah, I mean, the sort of the, the often quoted uh, statistic is that 30 minutes of yoga nidra is the equivalent to three hours of sleep mm. in the sense that, what you're doing is putting yourself really deep, deep into this rest phase. It's just sort of equivalent to really deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, so you're, if you're comparing it to, uh, we talk about theta and delta, for anyone who's who's sort of familiar with brain science. And uh, theta, your brain is still awake, so that's you're often dreaming. So mm-hmm. if you're in, in theta, you would be asleep but still dreaming. Mm-hmm. In delta, you're deep, dreamless slumber. And actually at that point, what happens is that there's a whole lot of uh, healing hormones that are actually released. So I think you just mentioned yeah. before, it feels really healing, but that's because it is. And there's stuff that's happening in your uh, in your body that can't happen at any other time. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting broken sleep at night, like it's it's a massive health concern. It's it's I would say it's priority number one. Get that right. And yoga nidra is not a replacement for sleep. It's an adjunct to sleep and, mm-hmm. and hopefully a supporter of sleep. If you do yoga nidra during the day, it should over time help with insomnia as well. Yeah, it's helping me. Like I'm. Uh- I'm not, I don't sleep for long. Like mm. I'll go to, and I've no problems falling asleep, but as most people who follow me on Instagram know, I'm up at four in the morning doing stuff and down at the beach. But I must say, you're fucking that up for me because <laughs> cause I'm sleeping so long. I'm actually sleeping and I'm like, oh my God, it's six o'clock, 6.30 and I'm running down the beach. <laughs> Back. The sun's up. <laughs> 
But it's it has been truly amazing. And on the weekend, I went on tour with Ash just to Brizzy and the sunny coast, but hadn't slept much because we took the kids and we're all in mm. the one hotel room. So glamorous. And so the kids are getting us up early, not getting home and you know until two after the show. And then the kids are up at six. So I'm up at six. And so I had to drive. Ash has lost his license for speed camera stuff. And so I'm driving him up to the sunny coast. I'm so tired. And I, did, I caught up with someone else before, so I didn't get to do my yoga nidra, which I was hanging to do all day. Mm. There just wasn't time in the day to do it. So after his show, he finished, He was packing up with, and his, him and his crew, they're all packing everything up. So I go down into the backstage, get into the dunnies, go onto the floor. <laughs> so I'm on the dunny floor and I'm doing yoga nidra. <laughs> on the dunny floor. And that's, I just, that's new. It was, it was new. And I've got his clothes there as support. So getting myself comfortable. I'm like, I need to get a photo of this for Mark, which I didn't. Oh, I really wish you did. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm coming up with a mental picture now and it's not great. I'm thinking it's, I'm thinking a pub, but then no, there's no one else. You've got private. It's a private bathroom. It was backstage, yes. So backstage, I have my own private, bathroom. Yeah, it, with, a, with a lock. There was the a door. lock, but I was also, I didn't lock it because I thought if I do fall asleep, then they won't be able to get me. So, <clears> you know, and there's like a shower there and everything like that. So I'm okay. just on, but you know. It's a bathroom, not a toilet. Okay. My okay. feet are butting That's... up against the, the toilet bowl though, the porcelain. Oh my goodness. Not drunk. And okay. I'm thinking if they had cameras on me, they're probably going to think, look at Ash's wife. She's passed out in the toilet, but I'm just actually doing yoga nidra. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is I was able to drive back to Brisbane. Right. And I, I felt a second wind and it was, it was amazing. Like mm. that was amazing. Just I do say that. to people, you can do yoga nidra everywhere, anywhere. That's, that's <laughs> I might have to borrow that story, Danny. <laughs> I won't name you in that story. Feel free. I, I, uh, I'm going to borrow that story. That's great. Name I'm glad away. you did it. It's, it's one of, Look, it's it's a superpower that capacity to reset. I was up at three thirty a.m. this morning. My head full of stuff. I had some work that I was sort of woke me up, woken up by a busy brain, which is like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm not, and so I did. And I mentioned to you before, I had a couple of hours of productive work, which was great. The sun came up. I went surfing, and I knew I had quite a bit more stuff to do today. And I did a, a yoga nidra at ten o'clock this morning, and it was just I woke back up at eleven. It's like okay, I've got the reset. I'm ready for another whole day. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's such an empowering experience to, mm. to know that you've got, it's a skill. Ultimately, yeah. it's a skill that you, and it's not a difficult skill to learn. It's something that I think, you know, it sounds like you're really getting connected to. Mm-hmm. If you do more of it, you get better at it mm-hmm. and it gets better and it mm. continues to get better. And once you start seeing Sankalpa working in your life, which is this sort of resolve we make in Yoga Nidra, which is a... Uh, I probably should give an explanation of Sankalpa as a, a it's a it's a, a statement essentially, mm. uh, kind of like an affirmation we use in Yoga Nidra to facilitate change and to help evolve change within the psyche. Can you give an example of one? Yes, I can give an example. Say, I, I want to say I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with anxiety, and I want to I want to move through that. Mm-hmm. And I would have a sankalpa, something along the lines of, I am harmonious and relaxed. Yeah. So I, am, I am harmonious and relaxed. Yeah. So it's like it's an action statement as though it's happening in the present moment. Correct. Yeah. 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 So it's it's really important to do it, state it as though it's already true. Yeah. And because there's a part of you actually that is harmonious and relaxed. But what we mm-hmm. tend to, to you know, using anxiety as an example, we latch onto the bit 
that is anxious. So if I'm feeling anxious, I'm latched, I start to identifying with being anxious. Oh, I'm an anxious person because I've, you know, I've been feeling anxious a lot. What we forget often, unfortunately, is the part of us that's not always anxious. So we need to, Sankalpa works through, it's like blowing a little bit of air onto that ember in the flame, in the fire and, mm-hmm. and giving that life and essentially mm-hmm. where you put your attention and the way, because we're doing it from this deep rest state, we're actually affecting the subconscious mind. So this isn't woo-woo. The great thing about Yoga Nidra, there's a lot of great science to back it up. There's a lot of really high quality research supporting the use of Yoga Nidra uh, in the context of transformational psychology, but also from physiologically, so uh, dealing with disease mm-hmm. because most diseases are related to anxiety yeah. and hypertension. Basically, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the, the, wouldn't say all, but uh, certainly a lot of diseases, heart disease, a lot of cancer, uh, they have their roots mm-hmm. in, in in tension. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if we can deal with tension, then we we may not be it's not necessarily going to cure everything, but we certainly put ourselves uh, in a healing zone, in a healing space. It's the healing zone, isn't it? when you get into that place and then you're bringing in that sun culpa, that action statement and it's, it's kind of programming mm. you. It's like being in a hypnotic state, I guess. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. So anyone who's, who's experienced hypnosis, essentially you're doing the same thing. It's auto suggestion. However, mm. you're doing it yourself. That's the thing. You don't need someone to hypnotize you with yoga nidra. It's self-directed. So, I mean, whilst you have a, a guide, a teacher who will take you through the practice, uh, then you don't actually always have to have that either. Once you understand the technique, you can do it all on your own. But for most people, I think early on in the journey, at least, it's good to have a, a, a teacher to guide you. And the great thing about yoga nidra is you don't need to go to a class. Is that you can actually just, you know, using a, a an audio recording, uh, you can be guided through the experience of yoga nidra. But once you you develop your own sankalpa, so it's in your words and mm. and it's speaking to your truth and that that's just become so powerful over time yeah. that you, you get that it's the, the the essence of who you are you know the, mm. not just the best who you are the best mm. version of you and you're speaking to that person you're cultivating that over time and mm. i mean for me it, it changed everything you know when mm. i first tapped into sankalpa and, and worked with that over it wasn't just a quick fix one week breakthrough course i'm talking years of applied practice but my whole life was transformed from the inside out, you know, mm. and I came from a background of addiction, massive stress, anxiety, confusion, lack of direction. And Yoga Nidra just found that part of me that was really good and yeah. strong and solid. And I, and I, and I learned how to build from that part and, and give that part structure and support and, I don't like to overstate things, but it's hard to overstate the power of Sankalpa and Yoga Nidra because, yeah. you know, those mm-hmm. two things, are a steely resolve, a focused resolve and, uh, and, and the capacity to bring yourself to stillness and to manage anxiety. Whew, that's it's life-changing stuff. Really life-changing yeah. and stuff. And to be able to calm your nervous system enough too, we get to the point where you are doing some deep healing mm. and like Gabor Mate's new book, The Myth of Normal or the book Vessel van der Kolk, The Body Keeps the, Body score. Keeps the score. Like they're yeah. all talking about that deep healing that can happen when we slow down and connect with ourselves, have stillness, have a mindfulness practice. So it's all kind of bound up in the one thing, mm. you know, that 
that healing can happen when we can slow ourselves down enough and mm. and connect with ourselves. And that's the problem with the world out there today. Like we are not connected. We're not mm. listening to our bodies. We're going for alcohol. We're going for external. Someone's going to love me. Mm. I don't have to do the work because I'll make someone else love me. You know, mm. fuck, I'll make them love me. Mm. And then when they don't, well, fucking hell breaks loose and my world falls apart. Then I'm going to drink alcohol and I'm going to eat more. I'm going to go freaking masturbate relentlessly mm. watching porn, you know, whatever it is. But we're always looking for externals to make ourselves feel better, but it's within us. It's mm. setting that good intention, I think. Well, this is what I'm getting out of it. You know, it, it's funny too when you talked about the sun culpa, I'd never really heard that before. And in within my own challenge group, I get everyone to write an action statement at the start of the challenge, mm. you know, how they want to be like and and when I read their action statement it's not as short as the sun culprit it's usually you know a few sentences there's something about that kind of I amness to it that Mm. kind of that it's happening now in this present moment and we're sending that signal to our subconscious so getting into that meditative state and then having one of those action statements or sun Mm. culpa it's essentially the same thing that you're talking Mm. about what what happens in yoga nidra it just gets distilled so it's just refining that process. So it can start with an action statement. I think we work through this process. Yep. Is that you know it can be a paragraph or a page, and that ultimately it would be refined down to its essence, yep. down to its you know the kernel of the nut, mm-hmm. and you're getting to that point where ultimately it's just a short, clear statement. Yeah. Uh, but it, it can encapsulate that. And Sankalpa is not necessarily going to come in a day or a week or even a month. Yeah. You know, I've, my experience of developing a Sankalpa the first time took quite a few months and it was just evolved over time. To, mm. And it, the process of discovering the Sankalpa was this process of really coming to understand what it truly was that I needed and wanted. Mm. And, and it, what it, I thought it was one thing, but through this process of meditating on what is this thing that I deeply that deeply calls me this part of my personality that needs to evolve. What is it? And contemplating that is a, is a wonderful journey unto itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you get there, it's just, you'll know. And, and once you get there, you've then just use that again yeah. and again over time. And it can, it can take, I don't know, there's no, there's no set timelines for this mm. sort of stuff, but no, in, in general, I would suggest give yourself time and space and but then stick with it. Stick with mm. it. It's We're not selling quick fixes. Although it, that said, you know, you're talking about Sankalpa, you, you might be wanting to completely transform your whole life and that can take a, a long period of time. But the, some of the effects are immediate, mm-hmm. straight away. You know, mm-hmm. you can go and do Yoga Nidra right now and in half an hour, I guarantee you feel better. You do. You just do. Yeah, it's just so incredible. The other thing, you know, talking about science and the science around it all is mm. really incredible. And even the fact there's two doctors in the course that we're doing with you at the mm. moment. And I think how awesome, too, that there's doctors educating themselves around mm. this stuff. I know one yeah. of them already is very much like that. Yeah. Well, look, they're, they're, it's getting a lot of traction in the medical fraternity, thank God, mm. uh, because it is because there's really credible research that's coming out. And so doctors are opening their eyes. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't long ago at all where, you know, the gold standard for dealing with anxiety, uh, depression disorder was most sort of mental disorders was CBT, cognitive behavior therapy and medication. Mm. Yeah. And not to dismiss either of those things. They both have their their valuable place, uh, but there wasn't any real conversation around the potential of 
breathwork practices and mm. any sort of meditation practices. And one of the great things about yoga nidra is it's quite measurable. So you can actually, mm. it's, it's hard. There's probably more research on yoga nidra than any other yoga practice. And so it has been fairly well studied and across a range of conditions. Uh, and there's some great research, I'm, I'm sure you've discussed it before, um, out of the Huberman lab and, mm. uh, uh, Stanford University in the US. I mean, they're well funded uh, and they're doing some great research. Mm. Like, And he's just all about yoga nidra right now. He's calling it NSDR or they love to give acronyms, non-sleep, non deep, deep rest. rest. So, mm. but it's essentially, I mean, he's, you know, he, and actually I've noticed he was calling it more NSDR and how he's just recently, he's more gravitated back to calling it yoga nidra. Uh, and, I've, you know, you can, when you start taking classical, uh, yogic practices and relabeling them. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of cultural imperialism there that uh, it's interesting mm -hmm. to note that he's actually brought, I've just noted in his, in his discourse recently, he's speaking more clearly about it. This is yoga nidra. And, yeah. and I think as he's lent more into the practice and he's bearing in mind, he only discovered yoga nidra five years ago. So, you know, he's just, he came to it with the mind of a scientist who was very open to the potential mm. of, of learning about it and, uh, you know, quickly realized that, oh, we've got something really special. He wasn't the first doctor to, to mm. people, doctors and medical professionals have been utilizing and studying yoga nidra for decades. Uh, one of my teachers uh, who passed away, he was a psychiatrist, uh, Brian Thompson, who passed, he, you know, he would have been in his 90s now and he was using it through the 70s and with uh, vietnam vets but it wasn't he what human's got his reach he's just, he's got mm. a huge audience uh, and he's got massive funding a lot of credibility yeah. and it's great he's getting the good news out there and, and oh, the medical amazing. professionals are listening and going yeah. okay there's something here you know yeah. there's 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 really something here and unfortunately for the uh, pharmaceutical companies it's hard to put that in a bottle and sell it yeah uh, that yeah you know, but thankfully for the patients that what you've got potentially is a protocol, as we've just mentioned, that you can, I mean, it's not, a, I'm not selling cure-alls that, uh, and I always suggest go to your medical doctor and speak to the medical professionals, you know, because find the good ones because, and they're out there, like, mm -hmm. you know, as, as we've just mentioned, there's a, a couple who are studying with me at the moment and I know many, many others who are well-versed and well-skilled in this stuff. At least mm -hmm. they not might not necessarily be teachers of it, but they've read the science and they understand that these, are, these practices are credible uh, and they, they do have their place. And if you're mm -hmm. dealing with any, as I said, anxiety-based disorders, which is, or, you know, from what... <laughs> any psychological or, you know, potentially physiological conditions consider yoga nidra go and have a look at it. yeah so one thing i wanted to ask you about as well deep healing that has to that can happen and that's available for people within themselves and then i get a lot of pushback from people with add mm -hmm. or adhd which mm -hmm. say i can't sit in stillness i just can't mm -hmm. go there i can't be there i can't i can't even develop a daily practice because my add won't let mm. me um well i have add and i can tell you it's possible ah brilliant yeah Okay. It just takes time, you know, it just take it just takes time. Don't, and the great thing about when we're talking about yogic meditation from the bigger perspective, yes, yoga nidra might be too much for you right now. Sitting in, in meditation might be too much for you right now. Mm -hmm. You need to meet. And the wonderful thing about yoga, it will just meet you wherever you are. 
Yeah. It will meet you wherever you are. You need to do something that's action-packed and physical. If you've got ADD, you need to start there. You need to start with the physical body. And we talk about this experience of the this model of the koshas they talk about in, in, in yogic philosophy and meditation philosophy is that we deal with the physical body first. And ADD is essentially a condition of the, the physical and the endocrine system and the nervous system and the mind. I mean, they're all interrelated, but we need to start with the physical body. So exercise, but conscious exercise. And this is what they talk about is side door processing. So doing some sort of exercise. I mean, yoga asana works really well. It could be Tai Chi, uh, anything that brings you into the present moment. So when you say yoga asana, just for people that are listening, that means the poses basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Asana is a postures. Yeah. yeah. So yoga asana as opposed to yoga pranayama or yoga yoga dharana which is yogic meditation so and doing pranayama s- is breath work yes yeah, yeah. pranayama is breath work uh so or yoga nidra yogic sleep if you do anything that is conscious and you're actually doing it with an intention so i mean i'll give you an example horse riding is a wonderful, and not everyone's going to be into horse riding but you go horse riding and anyone who's been horse riding particularly in sort of you know, challenging conditions, you have to be super present. Mm. Horse riding is really meditative. Surfing is really meditative. You can't, I don't daydream when I go surfing. I have to be super present or else I'm going to get smashed. Being on a scooter in Bali. Being on a scooter in Bali. Do not daydream when you're on a scooter in Bali. (laughs) Well, you need to be present. You'll end up in a rice paddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I shouldn't laugh actually. But you do. That's because there's probably somebody out there who has ended up, I've seen, I went on a date with a girl once. And it ended up with her in a rice paddy. Which is, oh no, rub my own bike, rub my own bike. She hadn't been long on a bike, and we we're in Ubud, and um, she was really beautiful. And she had this lovely dress on. It was like she was all dressed up. She looked fabulous. And we were going to one of these little tucked away restaurants, sort of behind a. You have to go on these little gangs, sort of between the rice paddies, which is mm-hmm. basically just a little pathway. And the uh, I'm digressing, but this is a great story. And uh, yeah, she ended up just taking a, having a wobble and the whole bike and her went into this rice paddy. She was, she was, it wasn't her, but she was covered in mud and she was really upset. Oh. Uh, the date, yeah, kind of put it into it. Did it? <laughs> For better or for worse. Anyway. When you were saying the other day, you were taking us through. We now talking what? about ADD and there's us just go off all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There was one of the poses we did where we started, I'm shocking with names. This one. Oh, uh, yeah. Nataraj Asan. Okay. Dancer's pose. Dancer's pose. We might have to put a picture of that one up. Yeah. When you're there and you're trying to hold that pose and it's sort of, I'm standing on one leg and I've yes. got my, it's kind of impossible for your mind to go elsewhere. And you were right. It was like yeah. your mind couldn't go elsewhere. Otherwise you'd wobble. Yeah. So I wonder if that would be good for people with ADD. Fantastic. Like it, it, anything that brings you into the present. So, and this is like the yogis have been everywhere like it's not just some it, yoga is not for enlightened meditation masters mm-hmm. it is for everybody and mm-hmm. you know i mean what danny was just talking about any sort of balancing pose so tricky balances they're used because you have to harness your whole nervous system to stay balanced so if, uh, what she was just demonstrating grabbing one foot dances pose for anyone who's uh, i'm sure you've if anyone's seen instagram it's what all the the instagram yogis use to look 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 cool and wow. uh but it requires, or Lord Shiva's pose is the actual. So Nataraj is Lord Shiva. And it's this pose of stillness and bringing yourself into stillness because you have to. 
you mm. have to be super present or else mm. you're going to fall on your face. Yeah. Uh, and so those complicated balances are, are really useful and generally used as preparation for meditation practice. Wow. So they're not just to look good on Instagram. No. Oh. There's a world outside Instagram. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Little things that can bring stillness to the mind if we are really super busy, there is ways of, of doing that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's something for everybody. And this is something mm. you really sort of – I've worked a lot with mm. mental health. And as I've sort of shared previously, you know, I've, I've dealt with mental health issues and ADD as a youngster. And, you know, I mean, really probably – I mean, I'm, I'm fairly well managed now, but – only because I do a, a hell of a lot of stuff to manage it. With me, without sleep, without meditation, uh, too much coffee, bad quality food, not enough exercise, I'm I'm ADD and all over the shop. Like it's and it does not take much. You know, I have to take a huge amount of care and be really conscious. As we were talking before, preventative maintenance. And once you you get better at it, and it's again, most of these conditions are manageable. Not maybe not completely, maybe not completely. I'm not saying just throw away the medication and and, mm. and start doing balancing postures <laughs> and yoga nidra mm-hmm. because you, you. But a, a good yoga therapist, and this is where, again, you do need to be mindful because there's unfortunately, for better or for worse, a lot of fairly poorly trained yoga teachers out there who don't really understand the full scope of the the tradition. But yeah. a world, if you find a good well trained yoga therapist. Who can actually who understands the physiological or the or the or the mental disorder and also understands the full range of, of yogic practices and that might include diet. Ayurveda would be a big part of that too. There's a lot you can do. It's worth a try. I was saying to people, yeah. just don't you know at least give it a go. Yeah, give at it a go. Give it a go. Yeah, Lissy Turner is for those listening. They'll be familiar with Lissy, um, an amazing yoga therapist, mm. and. Um, but all you'd have to do is Google a yoga therapist. Yeah, this would be a great person to talk to. You yeah. know, someone who's got that. Yeah, I mean, there's called Lizzie. I mean, I I wouldn't mm. recommend too many people because, again, it's I, I know a few. I know I even mean, if people are interested. I know I know a couple in Sydney. Uh, I do know a few. So if, if you do are interested in connecting with a yoga therapist, if you could, it's good to find someone in your area that you could actually yeah. connect with personally. Yeah. So maybe if you wanted to reach out, we could possibly put you in the direction in of someone direction. in your area. But again, it's it's amazing what what is possible. Yeah. And I mean, within this context, you know, things that can cut across for most people and yoga therapy is very personalized so Mm -hmm. you sort of went down Mm -hmm. that path of talking about ADD and uh you know any sort of mental disorders that you need to be yeah it needs to be direct you need to have something that's because there's AD there's all sorts of different levels of ADD and any Mm -hmm. it's not just a a, a one a one size fits all remedy Mm -hmm. uh but what we can I, what I can generally say is that most people can practice yoga nidra, mm. and it's going to be good for you. The only contraindication for yoga nidra uh, is is acute psychosis, so people who are schizophrenic, uh, mm. and any sort of like if you're experiencing psychosis or schizophrenia, and anything that involves closing your eyes mm-hmm. uh, and visualizing stuff is generally not very good. But mm-hmm. again, people, I actually work with a guy who's um, so I've, I've been supporting him for some years who uh, has acute schizophrenia mm-hmm. and, but it's, it's settled down a lot. And he, I mean, years ago he couldn't do any sort of meditation, but well, I shouldn't say that 
the meditation practice that he used to was just going for a walk to start just getting out there getting one of the things that you can actually do which is very much meditation practice and great for people with add was just focus on listening to things so Mm. when you come into a conversation be present in that conversation Mm. as best you can Mm. as best you let that be your practice of what we call dharana focused awareness focused attention try and listen to the person talking Mm-hmm. And, of course, your mind's going to jump in and it's going to start telling you. But then start to notice that mm. it is possible. Meditation can just meet you wherever you are. Mm, absolutely. So when you when we do the Yoga Nidra and you go through, so basically for people listening who've never done it before, there's sort of a, a grounding practice and then you're going through each, you're doing a, going through each body part, I guess, so to speak. And there's an awareness to say it starts with the right thumb and then right index finger. And you go quite quickly through each one. So it's not like we don't pause, right thumb, take a breath. It That must be good for people with ADD too, I'm imagining, or the busy mind because there's almost not time to for the mind to get too distracted. And sure, you have distractions will come in, the mind will wander. But that kind of – is that why you do that kind of fast-paced going – yeah, basically, so people can't daydream. They, mm. they can't drift off. Yeah, mm. it's like, it's often, so if anyone hasn't done yoga nidra, uh, you really should. Uh, but basically, what we talk is, is the body rotation where we, um, as Danny just mentioned, so we would direct your attention to all the different body parts and, and do a rotation of the whole physical body. So essentially, you start on the right-hand thumb, but you'd actually do the whole body. And what's that supposed to be doing? is switching off the, the uh, we talk about the homonucleus in the, in the brain, you're actually switching off the relevant parts of your brain. So if you're bringing awareness to the right-hand thumb, that's actually helping to relax a certain, that part of, part of your brain. It's not an exact science, but uh, it certainly, I mean, that is one of the, the ways in which yoga nidra brings you into this restful state and helps to quieten mm-hmm. the mind. So you often sort of compare, it's like grabbing someone's hand and taking them for a fast walk. Mm. So it's like we're going to walk faster than you can talk. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, finding whatever that pace is. So you're sort of yeah. just grabbing on and you're not thinking about different because you're just trying to keep up with, with, with the direction of the teacher to yeah. some extent. Yeah. Yeah. It's so amazing. So like I said, you're going to record one after this session and we'll post it for people to listen to and, st- you know, see if you could start bringing it into your day. Like you said, Mark, you'll do it sometimes when you wake up in the morning if you haven't slept well or um, I might do it before I've got a day of coaching. I also do it at the end of the day of coaching. Sometimes I'm doing them twice a day now and they're just bringing, Ash is doing them also, you know, like I said, on the, I'm doing it on the dunny floor. On the dunny floor. <laughs> you know, you do do yeah. it anytime. I, I, I would love to hear if anyone can outweird Danny on that one. <laughs> I would love to hear if you if you if you can find a, a weirder place to do yoga nidra. We want to know, <laughs> preferably with a photo. Yeah, I should have taken a photo. I should get you really should have taken a selfie. Yeah, especially yeah. with the props. You should have seen the props. It was like Ash's suit jacket. And, um, yeah, anyway. So, all right, that's fantastic. A, a, a dunny roll under your head a little <laughs> pillow. <laughs> I've used all sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, you, you can practice it anywhere. So you can do yoga nidra. I mean, I often, it's probably one of the things that's worth to say, I often do it in bed. G- generally, I, I will do it in bed at home. Uh, I don't fall asleep in bed. So I don't fall asleep in yoga nidra. It's a big problem for some people. Oh, I can't stay awake. So I generally, if you're falling asleep, I generally recommend don't do it in bed. Uh, you could set yourself up 
on the floor, like a piece of carpet with a yoga mat. And make make a little what we talk about a little nest, a little mm. yoga nest. So mm. you're you know a yoga mat, a nice cushion, but it's not a bed. So and not not a bed in the sense that you're going to fall asleep. So I have quite a hard bed, but I generally I don't. And I do it. You do it lying down on your back in the position of shavasan. And uh, I'll explain all this when we actually do the practice, so you, you'll, you'll get a proper guide into the practice. But it's uh, mm-hmm. just making yourself comfortable and yep. doing it in a place where you won't be disturbed. That's yep. really important. So where it's yeah. going to be fairly quiet for you know however long you're going to be practicing, yeah, twenty minutes or so. Okay, and so just before we move on, just give me like five to ten benefits that you know of, um, you know, for yoga nidra. When if you're going to do yoga nidra, what are some of the benefits? Oh, wow. Benefits fixes everything. (laughs) (laughs) Makes everything wonderful and perfect. What are the doctors talking about? You said that... Okay, um... so look, here's some evidence-based stuff. Mm. There's some really... Our our mate, Andrew Huberman, we mentioned before, he uh, has done some really cool research. One of the things I really like is because I'm working in a learning environment. And Mm. I've got this thing about... I used to work as a school teacher and I'm really passionate about kids education and i'm really passionate about changing the world and i have a theory that if we can educate the kids it's not just me i've heard the dalai lama say the same thing if we can teach all the kids in the world uh, meditation that's our chance you know Mm. if if we want to change the world Uh, and i hear a lot of meditation and yoga nidra i hear a lot of it being taught in schools Mm -hmm. and one of the the great bits of science the fact that they've discovered recently is if you practice yoga nidra or any practice of what they call nsdr non-sleep deep rest of which yoga nidra is probably the best it if you do that within uh, i think half an hour or a certain period of time after a learning activity then it increases your neuroplasticity by up to 50 percent And what that means, essentially, so if you've been in a class, for example, you're in a maths class or you're in any sort of class and you're learning something new, you've got all this new information that's come in, and then you finish that class and then you do a yoga nidra practice, what that's doing, what we talk about neuroplasticity, is this the capacity of the the brain to rewire itself. Mm -hmm. So it's different parts of the brain wiring to other parts of the brain, which is actually wiring in the new information. Mm. So it's your mind's capacity to take in the new information and remember it mm-hmm. really importantly. So there's not there's mm-hmm. two things that happen. You're, you're taking in the new information, but you're also remembering that information. So your retention becomes a lot better and it's 50, it's huge. And yeah, this that's is massive. This, this 50% is, is huge. Yeah. Really quality study to show mm-hmm. that. So that's sort of n- n- neurologically, uh, th- that's, that's one of my favourites mm. at the moment. Uh, there is evidence to show that it. Uh, a lot of the stuff is around anxiety and depression. Again, that's something that I'm really uh, passionate about because that's something that I've experienced. Mm. And I think most people who've wrangled with addiction in some capacity have had an experience of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. I don't like to give, make blanket statements, but I'd say most at some uh, c- capacity have... have most people have had a, a taste of it at least. And the evidence shows that the, just beyond doubt, it, it's just really, really positive uh, for mm. people who are dealing with anxiety and depression. I do have a couple of studies. I can't give you the exact stats, but they're really high they're, 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 yeah. you know, they're, they're, to show that uh, 
the results of people who practice yoga ninja over a period of time. You know, mm. this is the thing about yoga ninja. It's, it's, you're not just popping a pill. You need to commit to a practice. Let's say, I mean, ideally it would be every day. Let's say three times a week, mm-hmm. uh, I think is a realistic goal for, for most people. Uh, every day, wonderful if you can. And that if you are dealing with anxiety, commit to that for a month. Mm. And, and ultimately... With yoga and, and meditation, what we talk about you know, is this experience of dashana. So it's it's your own personal experience. It's not what the the scientists say or this. I mean, this, that's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's your personal experience with that practice. Yeah. And so give it a go. You know, there's enough evidence to say giving it a go is worth a shot. It might not work for you, and that's okay too. You don't have to be the one who's there are different sorts of practices and certain people it's not going to be appropriate when we're talking about add before if you you're experiencing acute add then maybe yoga nidra is not the right thing at that particular time there will be a practice that is suitable we mentioned before find a yoga therapist someone who can who has experience with a wide range of practices but uh, and they will be able to guide you into something but i think for most people uh, Mm -hmm. even people with add it's worth a shot and give it a go and and and, and give it a try and then talk to us. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, and I'm also thinking just that the way that you swiftly move through each body part, mm. I'm sure would have to work well for someone with the, the busy mind. Mm. And so, look, when you oh, talk absolutely. about that anxiety yeah. and depression and then just slowing down of the nervous system, it helps with healing on so many levels. Mm. And for me to nerd out too on compassionate inquiry, I think there's that bringing in the compassionate inquiry approach and then perhaps finding a sankalpa or your action statement out of what needs to be healed perhaps and then bringing that in and tying those two together with I think that would be a really beautiful practice. They're wonderful friends. Mm. They really are. Like compassionate inquiry, yoga nidra, breath work, they're all working around and you know the the frame of yogic philosophy and self-inquiry it's they're all heading in the same direction yeah. and they're all supporting us to come to that same place of just getting to know ourselves a little bit better, coming yeah. to accept ourselves a little bit more. We can't heal what we don't know. Is, yes. is Yeah, I was coaching someone yesterday and they were very much wanting me to coach and just like give me some goals, you know, mm. get me into a good mindset, which I can do for sure, but... I'm saying to this guy, but there's deeper work here that needs to be done. Mm. And I could feel the resistance. And so we didn't really go there until the end of the conversation where we kind of touched on that resistance and perhaps Mm. what was there and trying to do some compassionate inquiry around that. It's hard when the resistance is there. But right at the end, he's like, oh, my God, you're fucking right. Because he didn't want to admit that there was any trauma there. Mm. And he said, no, no, I had a great childhood. I don't want to go there. And I see that that comes up from time to time with people. People in denial. I'm not traumatized. Oh yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. I just can't. I can't remember my childhood anyway. Oh, <laughs> you know that's a, that's a sure sign that there's trauma there. And okay, and so I really do believe that this journey of sobriety and there has to be an element. There has to be healing. Mm. There's healing that has to happen. That's the point. And we all need to heal. It's an opportunity. It is it's an, an opportunity. opportunity. It's this. Yes. There's a lot of shame when it comes to trauma. It's one of the things we talk about when in the course that we're doing at the moment. Mm. In yogic philosophy, we talk about this idea of samskaras, which yeah. is the, essentially the equivalent of, of trauma. Yeah. It's working or vasanas, which is a, a collection of similar experience. But it's not. 
so emotionally charged. Like the idea of trauma is quite negative. I'm traumatized. It's like there's something wrong with me. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's just a, the, you've had the human experience and, and human life is challenging and often difficult and often we're not equipped to deal with the stuff that's coming in. So it leaves an impression upon us. There's very few people who come into life and have, I would say, almost nobody who can just deal with every situation that comes their way. We all have this experience of life and it, and it leaves its impression. So what they talk about in, in yogic philosophy, this idea of samskara and vasana, it's not good or bad. It's mm. just stuff. It's just stuff mm. that happened and mm. it has left an impression. And so our job is to get to know that stuff. And it mm. becomes quite empowered work when we do it compassionately, when mm-hmm. we come to ourselves and just firstly accepting that, yeah, the stuff has happened and be that it's okay. I'm being supported. There's nothing to be ashamed of here. Mm-hmm. This is me doing the great work. It's coming yeah. so you know, becoming sober from alcohol use or drug use or whatever things that we use to distract ourselves. And so we can actually come into stillness, come mm-hmm. into this experience mm-hmm. where we're ready for the compassionate inquiry, ready to come and see ourselves and get to know the nuances of who we are, the, the mm-hmm. little patterns that, that drive our, our day-to-day thinking. And this is where yoga nidra, meditation, breath work and, and compassionate inquiry all come together. Mm. And you've got this capacity to really get to know yourself. And that becomes empowering really empowering is because that from that point you can make change and, and not just random change you can actually really consciously choose the direction that you want your life to go in yeah and what you said before about becoming equipped i think i mean just becoming equipped is so huge so having tools because like you said we haven't been taught how to deal with things. We haven't been taught no. any of this stuff. I know I sure as shit wasn't. No, I wasn't either, unfortunately. I wish I was. Nor was I told, and you said this too in our training the other day, I think it was on day one, where you said we weren't even taught that alcohol was bad, mm. right? No, we were taught the opposite. Yes. Quite clearly. Yeah, and how many people say, oh. A hard-earned oh, thirst need, needs a big cold beer, and the big cold beer is <laughs> thick. Beer is thick. <laughs> I remember that as a kid. Just, I mean, we were just bombarded with alcohol advertising as kids. I, it was just nonstop. I don't really yep. watch TV anymore. I'm not sure if it's still, I'm guessing it's still there, but it was just nonstop when I was a kid. Yes, but the messaging also, even on shows that you watch on Netflix or any time, like someone says, oh, I'm feeling stressed out. And someone might say, well, go home and have a glass of wine and chill out. You know, mm. what if someone said, go home to Yoga Nidra mm. and chill out? <laughs> or, you know, and what I'm starting to do too, and Ash as well, is like, I'm starting to, if there's tension showing up, I know I need to go do yoga nidra mm. or if I've done four coaching calls in a row and there's space there for me, I'm actually going to go do yoga nidra. Yeah. It's- yeah. We have the same thing in my house. It's great. I mean, mm. just to pick up on that, when, when you're practicing and your partner's practicing, uh, that you've actually acknowledging that space and yeah. because you've both had that direct experience and you're supporting each other go, you know what? I mean, you've got a busy house, no doubt the kids, it's like, dinners to do and all the stuff oh, it's like yeah. actually saying you know what i need to tap out for 30 minutes i need yeah. you to support me in that because if you do that i mean as ash says you know in 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 the crazy hour that he needs to do that you know that he does that and he comes back and then you've got all of ash yeah he's, he's ready for whatever comes next yep. rather than oh, oh you know pushing through mm-hmm. the next few hours and it becomes suffering for everybody yeah. i think every family's experienced that yeah. when everyone's just slogging it out to get through the yeah. day when you have a relationship that is supportive of both of you as individuals because it's an individual practice that you can go off and take that time mm-hmm. although it's lovely it's actually a really nice thing to do with your loved one to actually just 
you know, just lie down and practice together, mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. on a recording and share that experience. That's mm-hmm. a lovely thing to do together. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a in any sort of relationship or an environment where that becomes acknowledged and so yeah. actually we're going to honour this as, as a really important thing to do. We're going to honour rest. We're yeah. going to honour this right to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Honour it. I challenge everyone listening, everyone listening to this podcast, I challenge you on Friday night instead of going home and going for a beer or anything else, do a yoga nidra. Mm. Do this one that we're going to post that Mark's going to take everyone through and see how it feels if you could do that, you know, in at the times when you're stressed. Mm. Get, making yourself equipped, and this is what this journey is about, is finding tools that will help you and support you when you're feeling those times of the great stress or anxiety or depression or the inner critic starting to go crazy in your own head. If you've been around your fucking family all weekend, <laughs> do some yoga nidra. Don't go boozing because, you know, anything that challenges you, see if you can kind of settle the nervous system yourself by doing a practice like that. It's so huge. And there's so much healing in that. Give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah. At least it's, it's worth a shot. You know, yeah. I'd, I said before, I don't like to make blanket promises, uh, but I'll make yeah. a blanket promise. I mean, I actually don't, I don't like to give blanket advice, but the, I generally say for people, there's two things that I would advise everybody to give a go. One is to have some practice that brings you to stillness. Yes. And yoga nidra yeah. is, you know, there's lots of different ones, breath work, meditation, something that's quiet, yoga, yoga asana, doing things. But I mean, in my experience, yoga nidra, is, is one of the best of, of those practices. And yeah. I, I do use other ones that can bring you to stillness. And the other thing I recommend everyone should try and do is is be involved in the production of your own food in some capacity. Mm. And, and that might just mean planting some basil, uh, you mm. know, plant some lettuces if you can take that a step further and have a little garden of greens. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a herbalist or a naturopath, but I'm fairly, in my experience, that's a great way to bolster your uh, immune mm. system and, and mm. overall well-being so those yeah. two things you know mm. just get get involved in your food production and and have some practice that bring that brings you back to stillness that you, that you can utilize and you do utilize regularly yeah they only work if you do them yeah can you give i know that we've done the sip sip side before so i'm going to push you here but can you give us anything else that someone could use just to bring in some stillness and a bit of of an instant fix mm. Okay, well, what you got? The, the sip sip side breath is a, is a great one that I've been playing around with. Uh, I mean, look, if, if for the for the quick instant hit, I'm always going to breath work. I breath find work. if you, if you want something to recalibrate your nervous system, uh, that uh, I mean, another great practice is Nadi Shodan, uh, alternate nostril breathing. Mm-hmm. That uh, again, really simple. Uh, for our, we'll do it right now. Index. Ooh, you t- use a hand mudra. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you basically take your hand, your right hand. Generally, it doesn't have to be, but your right hand is traditional. And you take the index finger and the middle finger, and you place them between your eyebrows, and then you use the thumb to block your right nostril. And then you inhale just through the left nostril. And then you use the ring finger to block your left nostril. And then you exhale just through the right nostril. And then you inhale again just through the right nostril. You block the right nostril. You exhale just through the left. And again, inhaling left. Exhaling right. Inhaling right. 
exhaling left. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Nadi Shodan or breath balancing practice, which is actually a specifically designed technique to balance the nervous system. So it's balancing our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous system, or we're talking in yogic philosophy about the uh, pingala or ida nadis or the, the yang and the yin meridian systems in the Chinese system. Really simple practice. It's a great story I love to tell with Nadi Shodan is uh, many people would remember Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. She at one point in time was very close to being the president of the United States of America. And there was a, I read an interview with her. I mean, as I'm sure many people would remember that, that election was incredibly tumultuous and, and very really toxic you know there was a lot of nastiness and a lot of anger and all sorts of weird weird stuff going on uh it was anxious just angst causing just watching that election imagine mm. what it would would have been like being in that election like they was just being the center of a <laughs> whirlpool of of just tumult no it's just mm. mind-boggling how tumultuous it would have been so hillary clinton was at the cent very centre of all that. And I read this interview, it was 12 months after. So she lost, for anyone who didn't get the memo, she lost to Donald Trump. And then 12 months later, this interviewer said, you know, how have you coped? And apparently she had said, I had a full existential collapse. You know, A, she was mm. so ambitious. She really mm. wanted it. She was convinced that she was going to win. Mm. And, and not only did she lose, she was unseated by, you know, someone she considered to be not a very nice person. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was... The whole thing was just toxic from every angle. Uh, I mean, I don't like to get involved in politics, certainly in a public forum, but I think most people could agree that at that point in time, it wouldn't have been easy to be Hillary Clinton. Mm, mm. So the, the interview said, how did you cope? How did you, how did you recover? And apparently she went into a pit of depression and just uh, total, her, her system just collapsed. And they said, I learned Nadi Shodan. I learned this breath technique. Did she? And that was the thing that got her out of her slump. She's just, she said, I did it twice a day for... Uh, however long, you know, I still do it. And uh, it's literally saved my life. That is incredible. Works for Hillary. It can work for you. If it's good enough for Hillary, mate. It's good enough. I love the stuff that's easy and accessible. And, and people sort of have this idea with yoga, this is really inaccessible thing that oh, I need to be, you know, I need to get fit so I can go to yoga. <laughs> I need to go and pre-train so I can actually go to go, go to a yoga class. So no, you don't. You could just, I mean, if you followed along, with what we just did, you've just done a yoga practice and that can yes. happen at any single time. And that is valid. Like that's not just some sort of sideline practice. That's Nadi Shodan, Yoga Nidra. These techniques mm. are the core techniques of the yoga lineage. A lot of the newer stuff, sort of the whiz-bang vinyasa stuff, that's sort of, the, they're, they're the recent inventions. Mm. Uh, they're fun and they're great and they're physically probably quite good for you until you hurt yourself. Uh, but Nadi Shodan, Yoga Nidra, and, you know, a bunch of the meditation techniques and other breathwork techniques that we use. This stuff has been used for thousands of years. Yeah. It's not just new stuff that's been made yeah. up. This is techniques that have been refined over the ages. And, and neuroscientists in today's world are just really starting to cotton on to understanding, oh, oh wow, this stuff actually really works. It's not woo-ha. And we can, not only they understand, they're actually beginning to be able to test it and show really clearly how it works. And Nadi Shodan is another practice like yoga nidra where there is some really good quality research showing mm. how it works it's so amazing and even just doing that just for those couple of rounds that we did there mm. I, I could feel you know you could feel it in your body that calming effect so you've got to imagine that if the nervous system is on and we're doing that 
it's got to help all the illnesses too that are related to the nervous system stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to, like you, I'm not going to go out there and say it's going to cure cancer and eczema and all the rest of it, mm. but surely it's got to help. There's, you know. Well, look, one of the things we can say quite clearly with these practices is that they're all designed to bring you to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And we're, we're really just beginning to understand polyvagal theory. I mean, it's still called polyvagal theory because it's not clearly understood and not clearly demonstrated, but, Bessel van der Kolle, who you mentioned before, uh, and a, a, a bunch of other uh, psychologists and neuroscientists are really understanding now the vagal nerve and how it affects our uh, parasympathetic nervous system mm. and how these practices actually affect the vagal nerve. And we can quite intentionally and systematically bring ourselves into deep parasympathetic experience mm-hmm. and what we do know very very clearly is that if you go into that parasympathetic nervous system it's called the rest and digest mm-hmm. or the feed and breed system because mm-hmm. it's affecting your sexual function mm-hmm. your digestive system so mm-hmm. you don't digest food properly unless you're relaxed mm-hmm. so if you've got weight problem a lot of you know badly anything internal essentially good digestion is really important so yeah. we eat we relax. We can use these things to stimulate parasympathetic nervous experience. But all beyond that, all of our healing hormones, mm-hmm. uh, they're re- rele- and our happy hormones, mm-hmm. they're released when we're relaxed. So yeah. we can consciously, intentionally activate this parasympathetic nervous experience through the use of breath and yoga nidra practice and other meditation techniques. Uh, and that is going to stimulate healing and happiness. Yeah. And joy. Yeah, yeah. And all those emotional wounds as well. Um, and it helps to be able to sit with those things that show up and when we're feeling super activated or when we're feeling um, in an emotional flashback, say, or we're feeling really upset, mm. emotionally charged. If we could kind of bring those things in gradually, you know, it's just another thing that can help us be with what's showing up. Yeah, We absolutely. can't heal what we're not sort of sitting and being with. If we're not tending to the wounds, we're not really healing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you've got to come come at it from both angles, like you say. If like you're tending to the wounds, or like if you're just, you know, putting a balm over the top. We need to give ourselves time. Yeah. You know, you need to take yourself out of the toxic environment that's creating the wounds, yeah. and then we need to give ourselves time to relax and to rest and to come into that compassionate space where we can sit with it, whatever it is. And I like to think that it can be quite joyful. I mean, mm. it's not necessarily always fun. It yep. can be difficult, but there can be an experience of joy attached mm. to this stuff. When you come to those deep wounds in this space of deep self-compassion and you can sit with it. And this is what the, the meditation, the pranayam, the breath work cultivates is this capacity that we can come into uncomfortability mm. and we can sit there and we can ask ourselves the questions and come to this stuff that we may have suppressed or we just may not want to look at. Mm. We can come there and, and sit there and, you know, come up with honest answers. It's a, it's, it's a process, but yeah. it's a beautiful process. As I said before, yeah. it's, it can actually be quite, once you feel like you, you're, you're doing it and you're in that experience of like, you're actually creating what we call positive samskaras. You're actually mm. re creating your neural pathways and, mm. and creating a, a new reality creating a new reality absolutely and a new way of of being in relationship with what shows up i think that's really important rather than pushing away being in relationship with with whatever is arising mm. and seeing if we can hold that and be with it so mm. we can tend to it 
you know, we're so used to pushing it away and ignoring rather than being in relationship with. Mm. And um, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work on so many levels, the pushing away, the being in relationship does where we start to have the conversation with what's showing up. Mm. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Um, but one that I'm so passionate about and I've, I've just find oh, it's just so healing for people. You know, and once we realize we don't have to be afraid of what's showing up, if we can love whatever is arising and then be with, mm. then it's so transformative. It's not, it's not controlling us anymore. And I think that is no matter what it is, any trauma, anything that's happened when we can learn to start, you know, gently being with and, you know, tending mm. to, it's just so important. So, you know. Oh, Danny, I could just keep talking all day when we start to get into this stuff, but... One more thing I would like to say, it, it, and it was a revelation to me when when this was introduced to me, was that the and it, it, came, it was a slow realization that came over time. But maybe someone had told me, but the world wants you to succeed. Mm, mm-hmm. The world really wants you to succeed, and I think often people who are dealing with anxiety and many sort of addictions, if there's a a feeling, perhaps that the world's out to get me. But that's not true. And I think through this work of deep relaxation and acceptance and self-love and compassionate inquiry, coming to that with that message, reaffirming, the world wants me to succeed. And it's Mm. it's true. It's true. You think about how you'd think about other people. You look at them and go, when when you're in that space of comfortability, you look at other people and go, yeah, go you. You Go you. You're not going, oh, I hope they fail. I mean, maybe when we're, we think that sometimes when we're, out of ourselves but when we're relaxed and when we're we're compassionate with ourselves yeah. we're cheering the world on we're cheering on our brothers and sisters and yeah. it's even people who might be you know bad people you you actually I mean, when we talk about success i think what we want for other people is for them to find their joy yeah and because yeah. that means we can find our joy too yeah uh so take that away you know, mm. the, the, where, I mean, I certainly, you know, I want that for you, Danny, and I hope that you want that for me. And I, I certainly think do. If we can want that for other people mm. and all those people listening, that we want that for you, you know, find mm. your joy, find your dharma, find your truth. And because mm. if you do that and we do that and everybody, and we encourage other people to and support other people to do that, the world can't fail. Mm. We, 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 we will succeed, but we, we will mm. do it together and we will do it from a beautiful space. And that's the stuff that kind of lights me up. That's why it's so great to work together and not be all like greedy with things and, mm. you know, to share the love and spread the love. And, you know, it's so it's so important, you know. Fundamental. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got a great announcement. We do. Do you want to say it? We're going to Bali. We're would going like, to Bali. And would you like to come? And would you like to come? <laughs> We are holding a healing retreat in Bali in mm. April next year. So April 2023, Balian, you picked the place, which is fucking beautiful. Mm, I went there a few weeks ago, actually, sniffing out venue. I found this amazing venue. The Balian River, which is one of the, the most sacred rivers in Bali, and it meets the sea. That's really clean, and it just comes out of this forest, and so you can swim in the river, mm. this beautiful deep blue river unless it's been storming but at that time of year it should be really nice and the beach is right there and it's just a little hamlet it's a lovely spot because i mean the sort of retreat that we're looking for we want to bring a group together and and have some quiet time for this stuff we've been talking about really yeah 
Yeah. And yeah, so basically we'll be combining the compassion inquiry, which I've been studying, you know, the breath work, meditation. Um, Lots of yoga nidra. Heaps of yoga nidra. Yeah. <laughs> Journaling, group work. There's going to be a whole lot of stuff in it. So that we're going to kind of get to some core beliefs perhaps and really kind of work on being able to sit with what's showing up. The mm. same kind of stuff that we're talking about, but then also giving people a practice to take home you know, tools in their toolbox so that they're going to be equipped when the stuff shows up. Hopefully, Mm. hopefully if all goes well. Yeah. And I think it will go well. In my experience (laughs) of when we come together in a group like that, it's magical, particularly when you, you do it in a, in a place like Bali, uh, Mama Bali, which is just, Mm. you know, there's a, there's such a bedrock of, of culture there, which is all about healing and nourishment. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. Like the place Yama that we're running the retreat. It's just, I mean, if you, if you, even if you don't want to come, you can't come taunt yourself by just having a look at some of the photos of the venue. It really is quite special. I've actually got some on the website, some of the pictures of the, yeah, the rooms. Yeah, it's right on the river and the rooms. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Danny and I spoke about this, doing this only a couple of weeks ago and I was, I've got the venue. I know exactly where we've got to do it. It's just amazing. So we're really excited about it. And it's, I mean, going to Bali it is always a good idea. Uh, but I think with, with this, this particular retreat is, I love, I love things that have meaning as I've, I love mm. it when meditation, I love meditation applied. I love when mm. we take these practices mm. And we apply them for an outcome. And then yep. we've got a group of people. And yes, it will be relaxing. And yes, it will be fun. And mm. we'll laugh a lot. But I want to do the work. I want to get a group of people who mm. are really keen to come together and to do support each other. Yeah. To do the work together. Yep. To come and ask, you know, do the practices. Come into this space of vairagya our dental detachment where we can actually just sit and be with our stuff and support each other to do the same. And so Mm -hmm. we can come out of here with a, with a toolkit of stuff, you know, we'll we'll have some sort of revelation and hopefully we'll create this Sangha, a a, a community through this Mm -hmm. experience of people who are going to be there to support each other over the, over the year to come. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. I'm just, I'm so excited about it. I cannot Mm. wait. There is only 20 spots available, so it's not... Yeah. And there's already some people have already started booking because I did put it out on my Instagram a few days mm. ago. So I'm not saying that to be a dick. I'm just saying there is only 20 spots available. Yeah, so. we've made, we've chosen a small... And I, I'm yeah. pretty happy about that. It's a small venue. I mean, it's not tiny. There's enough for 20 people, but it's it's designed to be intimate. So everybody gets to know everybody and, yeah. and we're, we're there to create a circle, you know, yeah. and to actually... so. I want to see some ugly crying. <laughs> I want to see some laughter. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it all. Um, perhaps not from you, Mark. I, don't need to see you. I'm, I'm, I, can, I can do it no, all. I'd like to see your ugly crying. My ugly crying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And your, your partner, Steena, is going to be there as well. She's an amazing osteopath and, and yoga teacher as well. Yeah, she's a yoga therapist as well. Amazing yoga therapist and an osteopath and a wonderful uh, yoga teacher. So she's going to be there leading amazing she's i love so i was saying before about being very fussy about yoga classes that i go to she's one of the few people i go i mean maybe it's why i fell in love with her i was like i can do your yoga class and not and not feel all judgy uh that i love her yoga classes and she makes me i mean i tell i'll I'll be teaching yoga as well she i mean we'll be doing a, a mix of sort of there'll be 
just the day will be infused with things like early morning yoga, mm-hmm. uh, breathwork sessions, meditation, yoga nidra, probably some yin yoga in the afternoon, which is always really mm-hmm. lovely. The yoga shala in this place is just, yeah, amazing. It's right on the river. It's just, it's probably one of the nicest shalas I've ever seen. Yeah. And then also, of course, working together with the group, mm-hmm. doing some compassion inquiry work and yeah, a lot of kind of, of deep work. So it's going to be deep. And mm. you may need a holiday afterwards. Kidding. No. Maybe, maybe tack on a couple of days to pro. I mean, it's... You I do think need, yeah. If, if you do this stuff well, then your life just becomes... You need less holidays because your life becomes so much more joyful. Yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to run away from our life so much. Totally. And the main thing is that people will have take home stuff and they'll hopefully take a lot of the stuff that they'll learn in that time with us. It's five nights, six days. Mm that, you know, they can take away some real learning mm. and hopefully some amazing insights. And Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not just a touchy-feely retreat. Uh, it will be – there won't be too much touching and feeling. Uh, it's, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, we're, we're there. it's a process. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's a course in a sense without yeah. making it too structured. We sort of want to walk that balance, I think, between it's, it's not just a hard – curriculum that we're pushing you through but there's a there's a structure that we're creating to actually support people to do the things and it's yeah. a there is a, a you know a, a, a curriculum as such to that we will be supporting people through so there there's an outcome you know yeah. and i think that outcome is that we become intimate with uh some practices so yeah. we actually begin to understand more how these practices of yoga nidra meditation breathwork can be applied mm-hmm. to our particular context mm-hmm. and then we have you know everyone will have a set of recordings that they can take away of particular practices that they gel with and also from the compassionate inquiry end of it you know having that sense of where, where the issues are yeah and where yeah. the core beliefs come where, from yeah yeah getting, n- n- know myself yeah yeah, because like I said earlier, if we don't know what we're working with, how do we work with it? How do we mm. change? How do we heal when we mm. don't know what it is we're actually healing? And sometimes it takes a bit of digging around in there, and but it's in a very gentle way, so it's not like it's going to be too traumatic. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be joyful. We're, we're not when we're, it's this is not a hardcore psychology week. It's a yeah. it's a very joyful approach yeah. to recovery and self-inquiry absolutely but i will say one thing that we have to be very very clear on this is not a detox retreat so if if you're coming we want you to have like at least seven days of sobriety up your sleeve we Mm. yeah we're definitely not equipped to um be dealing with people if they're actually detoxing particularly Mm. heavy heavy drinkers daily drinkers yeah it's not the time for that yeah it's not the time for that you know if if you're in in a an experience of drinking regularly and you need to get some relief from that. There's 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 ways to do that. And if that's a, a question, that's where you're at. Then, you know, we could certainly guide mm. you towards, mm-hmm. uh, you know, help in that direction. Yeah. But for people who are on that journey, that's the thing. Where people stop drinking and they go, like, oh yeah, okay, that's it. And I was like, what's next? And it's like, well, there needs to be something. There needs to be a next. And this is the next. Yeah, this is definitely the next. It's not the starting point. Yeah, this so. is that, and it's a really important to do this stuff if you've been alcohol free or drug free for a while i mean i've you know i've been sober for over 11 years nearly 12 years and and um you know one of the things i've seen a lot of people take the journey a lot Mm -hmm. of amazing and i've seen people succeed and i've seen people fail Uh, i've seen a lot of people fail and and 
Yeah, and but I've, the people I see who so I see succeed, the commonality that they have is that they do have some sort of mindfulness, stillness practice. So they're doing yeah. something that brings them back to stillness and they've taken a journey in self-inquiry. Totally. Uh, and I yeah. think that you, you can't just put down the booze and just call that enough. Uh, mm. the, the need, this stuff needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and even if you haven't had a problem with alcohol, but I doubt you'd be listening to, I may be like Stina, mm. <laughs> but if you just want to go deeper into your own relationship with yourself and do some healing, um, this is a great opportunity to do so. So that's the 1st of April to the 6th of April, 2023. Correct. That's my birthday, the 6th of April. Really? Yes. There may be a birthday cake involved. <laughs> with sugar and gluten? Anything you want for a birthday. <laughs> and I'll be turning 46. Wow. I know. I know. And I saw Ash, I told him this morning, oh, I'm not going to be away for my birthday. And I think I saw a glimmer of like relief. Mm. <laughs> 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 I don't have to go through that. So I'll be, yeah. But anyway, it's so um, if anyone wants information on that, go to my website, iquitalcohol.com.au. And also through my Instagram, you can go through the links in the bio. Reggie the beagle on cue so thank you so much mark it's amazing to have you here yet again and um i'll leave it with you to go and uh, do a yoga nidra such a pleasure thanks so much thanks mate even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.